Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Who's Clutch Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Michael Urquhart, and I have with me today two special guests of mine, a good friend, two good friends, Denzel Mooney and uh, a good friend, Kenny. Uh, Kenny is the head coach of Southwestern High School basketball team in Baltimore City. Uh, what's, what's up, fam? What's going on, baby? Ain't nothing. I can't call it unless, you know, I got the wrong number. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, man, uh, you know, we dive knee deep into the sports world. And uh, yeah. Jarvis Landry supposedly yelled at the Cardinals bench, come get me. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's what I like. Listen. He went out of Cleveland. I, him and OBJ supposedly went out of Cleveland. So I, I, I'll keep it. I'll be honest. When I seen Odell Beckham Jr. with the Giants, I really didn't think that it was a bad connection between him and Eli. Him and, I mean, Eli did miss some throws, but I feel as though. Eli that, missed a lot of throws, man. But Eli made a lot of throws, too. He made a lot of throws. We could talk about the one year when the Giants spent $200 million on the defense. We had one playoff game, and Odell went to Miami. You remember that when he had his shirt tied around his waist on the boat sure. with Trey sure. and all that? Sure. Then he had to go to Cold Green Bay. Yeah. That, and, was, and was done for. Off-field antics. Sent him to Cleveland to play with his best friend. Now they won out. I, I truly think about that. I truly feel like OBJ is a classic case of your uh your off your off the court or your off field lifestyle is the cause of your your own demise. Like I don't know, we got I mean, a lot going on. To to me, I don't think his his off the field uh, presence has anything to do with it. I think he's a diva that wants the ball every play. And when he don't get it, he does just like a diva does and falls back. Oh, I'm not going to run this route that hard. Mm-hmm. If you watch OBJ film, you'll see he don't run every route hard. If he don't think he's getting the ball, he's not giving 110% on the route. And everybody see that. But you can't deny the fact that when you throw in the ball, he's going to catch it no matter where you put that joint. Well, my thing is that OBJ, he is a great talent. He's a great talent. Now, understanding that when you get shipped over to play next to and you playing outside Jarvis Landry is playing the slot, you got to understand that you're going to see most of the coverage. You're going to have a linebacker look lurking on the inside just in case you want to run that slant. You're going to have a safety over the top just in case you burn the corner. You got to understand that you're going to have coverage every way, so you're going to open everyone else. Right. So when you get your chance to make your play, you got to make the most of it. Right. But certain players like Antonio Brown, when he was with the Steelers, they was making sure that they was getting the ball in his hands, whether it was a, a screen and, sure. and making sure Antonio Brown ben, was... I feel like Ben got a better relationship uh, with A.B. than Eli had with OBJ, because I mean you look that's at, only in a football sense, though. It, because yeah, that's what I'm. That's you, what I'm talking about. Because if you ask uh, AB, Ben Roethlisberger was the reason for his demise. I'm talking. Um, I'm talking strictly chemistry on the field. Uh-huh. If you look at a lot of AB routes, sometimes Ben is throwing him open, and sometimes uh-huh. Ben is just throwing him a fifty-fifty ball, just having faith that AB is going to go get that thing. I feel like that. That dynamic they had mastered more so than Eli. Eli get in trouble. He's not necessarily always going to just throw it to OBJ and give him a chance. He's going to try to get other guys involved or just throw, you know what I'm saying, to the other team. I feel like Ben is going to give AB a chance, you know, every time, no matter what. If I'm in a clutch situation, this fourth, if it's, you know, if we need a play, he's going. you know where he's going. I don't feel like it was the same for Eli. I felt like I feel like the whole Eli and OBJ situation was kind of doomed from the start. Well, not doomed, but it had a ceiling to the point where it was going to get to a point and it wasn't going to get no higher because the Manning family is a family of pocket quarterbacks. 
So when you are a pocket quarterback, you only have three seconds to get the ball out. So Peyton Manning mastered getting the ball in three seconds, getting the ball out, whether it was a deep throw, mid throw, short throw. It was out in three seconds. That's what made Peyton Manning great, and that's what made Archie Manning great. So when they try to make Eli mobile enough to have to move to throw OBJ open, that's where they hit their ceiling because Eli can't do that. Well, Eli Manning still get the ball out of his hands quick. He averaged, what, 2.3? 2.3 seconds to get the ball out of his hands. So he really don't need a full three seconds to get the ball out of his hands. In my opinion, I don't think Giants management did enough to give Eli protection for OBJ to get his routes. You had Eric Flowers protecting Eli Manning blindside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you didn't even have another receiver that was able to take off that pressure from Odell Beckham Jr. Right. So and and we never even seen Odell and Saquon Barkley fully blossom together. So you always got one without the other. But it's been one common denominator with the Giants, and that's been no blocking until this recent years that they re-ramped the the offensive line. Sure. Well, I don't even think they sure. revamped it. I just think Danny Dobbs can get out the pocket. So now that Danny Well, Dobbs yeah, if you ain't going run. if you ain't gonna do no get no offensive line production, you might as well get a mobile quarterback, right? Say, I, I feel like I feel like Giants O line been trash. Ben Garbino for as long as I can remember. Well, no, Eli. not when Joshua Jacobs. And they had no, no, not when he's winning the Super Bowl. Not when he's winning the Super Bowls. Will Beatty, David y'all, Dill. Y'all, I feel Chris. like y'all pass y'all passing as far as y'all passing attack, Eli gets sacked. Always top top ten in the league. But nobody really talks about that. you you'll really look at your surround. The Eli Manning talks with him being trash, but nobody really talks about how the general the two man, Super Bowls. You'll never talk about what kind of offensive line production. It, Big sure. Ben, he gets protected. Drew Brees, he Drew gets Brees. protected. Yeah. All these quarterbacks get protected. Yeah, Ben Ben is protected, but Ben is also high in sack, though. Ben also takes a lot of hits. Well, that's because sometimes he likes to improvise and, you and know. He could take a that, hit. He could take a hit. He's big that's enough to take That's why they call him Big Ben. He almost Speak- 300 pounds at quarterback. Speaking of these quarterbacks, Cap still don't got a job. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, listen, I, listen, listen, listen. Cap, bro, they do my bad dirty, bro. Yeah, yeah. Cap, you know, he he didn't uh he didn't sign the NFL waiver. He had his own he had his own workout at a at a high school. And um <laughs> somebody else signed. Yo, got somebody else a job. Do you think Cat really want to play football? That, that, that that's my first question. Let's do, talk about. Do Cat really want to play? Do Cat Let's really want to play football? It, of course, he wants to play football. But I don't know. He also I think wants it's to debatable. Push his agenda. You think it's debatable, Mooney? You say it's that, debatable. I think that's very debatable. I think I he don't. wants. I think he wants to play football, but not more than he wants to uh, be to stand for what he stands for. So essentially he playing football just to have the platform yep. to push his message. Yeah. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. All right, so but, it, might, but, but, it might be but, it might be something but, it might be something while, wrong with while, that if you're an owner. But yeah, while while I a uh, <laughs> I a black man don't, you know, have no problem with it because that's what you know, that's what we want to push out there. Like it's nothing wrong with what he's standing for. But you give them the opportunity to choose. It's their team. It's their league. You give that you got just like they can accept that. They have the option to say no, especially when you're not already in the league. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm getting at. As a as a as a fan, you have a different perspective. As a as an owner of a team, you're gonna have a different perspective yeah. on the situation. So we gotta be able to look at it. In, in multiple vantage points. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an owner, I'm saying, okay, if Kaepernick really wants to play football, let me see what he can do. I right, Come to Atlanta and let me see you throw the football. You saying that you're having this, this beef with the NFL is bigger than you talking to the owner saying that I want to play for your team. Mm-hmm. So we gotta that I think that's a I'm I feel like he 
he he's doing a great job or exposing you know racial injustice in the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Advocating for black people, everybody, every person who advocated for a black for black individuals had to sacrifice something. Facts. You That's know, true. No exceptions. So let me ask and, you this, Mister Owner. If I <laughs> if I may, Mister Owner, you got one risk. I'm listening. You got one risk. Cat, A. B. or Josh Gordon. You can take one risk to bring one player back into the league. Who you taking? A. B. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Antonio Brown. Oh, and it, I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna take Antonio Brown, and this is why. Now, I've I've been a huge supporter of Josh Gordon. If anybody don't know about Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon, in his second year, has 1,600 yards, and he only played 14 games. Whoa. <laughs> Flash! Whoa! Flash! Josh Gordon, before the Antonio Brown really took off, before Julio Jones, this ball, this, ah. What? 1,600 yards in 14 games. Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon is a freak of nature. He's a freak of nature. But I wouldn't choose him just just based off of, I got to worry about how the NFL treating him too. I think it's a target on his back. So I feel like he's never going to be able to get out of that light of being a, a quote-unquote junkie to the NFL. Stop yeah. doing you know? drugs, bro. That's how you do that. Yeah. We got to see what that, well, the NFL has to release. He just got suspended for the sixth time. So we got to see what the NFL <laughs> How many times? The sixth. The... What you say, Drake? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. I'm, but we got to see what the drug is. Drug is. And then we'll go from there. I mean, we've seen reports uh, of performance enhancing. I'm all about second chances. No, this is like his his fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, he he... chances. (laughs) Something's up. Like, and it it very it could very well be a conspiracy because you're not gonna after after somebody proves to be. After somebody proves to 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 be a drug addict, you're not gonna continue to give them chances. So the fact that it's lasted six times is giving me a lot of conspiracy vibes. Like, hold on, because why would you keep if you know he's on drugs? Why would you just keep letting him back in the league? That's dumb. Why wouldn't you just shut him down after the second time? I don't think it's well. A remember, he had the documentary, but you let him back, and I don't he, think it's a conspiracy. I think it's more so there are rules in place when you get found guilty of using an illegal substance. And once he's served his penalty, he's just not giving up on football. So he's still working out and still trying to get better at football. And probably if it's an illegal substance, he's probably trying to use football to keep him away from it. But the more money he makes, it probably draws him right back to it, which is how he ends up where he is. But if they say it's performance enhancing this time, I would I would understand because maybe he really did have that injury to the Patriots put him on IR for. Um, I don't know if he was hurt that bad. I mean, he just came off a good game against the Panthers. True. He just came. He just came off a good game against the Panthers. Uh, I don't. Me personally, I think that Josh Gordon just need to take some time again and come back in like a year and just and just go at it again. I mean, I mean, what else you gonna do? I mean, but football why? look like it. Why? You, I just asked you, Mister Owner, who you was taking the chance. I, oh yeah, I'm taking, but I, that's why I'm, I'm telling you what he should do. Now, I told you. Brown, and the reason why I'm gonna take Antonio Brown is this: If I'm an owner, which I am, I'm going to tell Antonio Brown, and I'm gonna give him a sense of loyalty. You know what I'm saying? I gotta give him a sense of loyalty. Number one. Now he's liable to do anything, and I'm not saying that Mike Tomlin didn't give him a sense of loyalty. You know, with him putting up the Facebook live message of the locker room video and all that, so he's liable to do anything. 
you know, he revealed John Gruden personal phone call to him on Instagram. I mean, mm -hmm. he has a he has a lot of things with him, but I'll take that because I know for a fact that if I give him a sense of loyalty, they be liable to give me some loyalty and okay, you gave me a chance when nobody else did and now I can now I can be loyal to you. And that's I would take my chance on that. Because I know what Cat giving me. It's the end all be all. You know what I'm getting. I'm gonna be advocating. I'm gonna be kneeling. I'm gonna be doing all of this. And I'm gonna still be trying to play for your team. Josh Gordon, if I got a team meeting, I'm hoping and praying that he not high <laughs> when he come to this meeting. <laughs> I, I just don't want that that mistletoe over my head. With Antonio Brown, I'm gonna give him a sense of loyalty and I'm gonna tell him, listen. You ain't got to worry about that. We're not worried about nothing that happened before you walked in these doors. I'm not worried about nothing that happened before you walked in these doors. Yeah. You here now. You play for us. We're going to give ball. you a sense of loyalty. Let's, let's ball. Let's ball. And, and that's it. And I feel like and I can have that. Fine. As long as you win it. I mean, as long as, as long as it's about winning, I, think, I feel like the only time he started tripping out was when... The, no, the I think he stuff. started tripping out when Big Ben started, you know... People started turning a blind eye to what Big Ben was doing and then really started looking at what Antonio Brown was doing. But he started going off the Richter, though. Antonio yeah. started going off the Richter. But see, here's the see. Yeah. Well, let me let you finish. Go ahead, Coach Mooney. Tell me why you say Antonio Brown, too. Because I, 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 I personally, like, I'm I going to I feel like AB got proven longevity, proven longevity in excellence. You feel me? Like he's cooking every every year. Thousand yards, hundred catches. What do you? What more do you want to see? He's top. He's top doing that with Big Ben. Is he doing that with any other quarterback? Because Le'Veon thought that he'd have did that. He'd have did that with, he, he with had, Tom Brady. He had a uh, he had a uh, a buck twenty five, like five catches, a buck twenty five, and a and a score in his first game with the Pats. Okay, he'd have been about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is certainly comfortable. You said, with what he, you said, would he have done that with any other quarterback? And, and that's Albert, the team he got traded that's, to. That's the team he got traded to. I and think he would have put up numbers with Derek Carr. Is, I feel like he would have been eating with Derek Carr, too, because Derek Carr was cool for a little while. I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't, like I don't right know where now, the chemistry know. fell off between him and Amari Cooper and, and Crabtree, but they it was a cool trio at first. Kenny, you said you're taking Cap in it? I'm taking Cap, yo. Because you got to... You got to understand this. This man has proven ability to take a team to the next level. All, all of the other stuff, that's just going to make people watch my team. I'm an owner. I'm about making the money. I'm about making the money and winning football games. I'm going to take Cap. Cap is going to, he's going to do his little advocating thing, but that's all fine and dandy. So what? We're going to be the black sheep of the NFL. We're going to be the team that likes black people. So what? What difference does it make to me if we win in football games? It shuts all that shit up. You can't, you can't tell me, Alf, you can't tell me that winning football games ain't gonna be all of all the bad locker room stuff. It happens every year. People that forgot about Deflate Gate, people that forgot about Spy Gate because they win these Super Bowls and push it right out sure. the way. That's very true. You so you think uh so would you say uh, my anticipation is that my team so, would be winning and that cat would bring a winning spirit to my team. He can push his message just as long as you win football games. The so, moment you're not winning football games, we're going to let you go just like we would do anybody else. So you saying <laughs> you can push your agenda while you're here, but if you don't perform and push this agenda, you're going to be out of here. That's a good, that's respect. I'm not taking no chance on nobody. If AB is my wide receiver, he had a terrible game. I'm not. I can't take a chance that when I call him and cuss him out on the phone, he gonna put that on Twitter, or he gonna spend it on me. I can't have somebody that when another player point the finger at them, they don't self evaluate at all. It's what me? It's you, or not like yeah, I could have ran this route better, or he did try to throw me over. I could have went for it, but I didn't. Like he, he he don't seem like the type that could take mutual criticism. 
last time Cat took the field, you know, 12 games, 16 touchdowns. This was in 2016. 12 games, 16 touchdowns, four picks. And he got a bench for C.J. Beathard. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell me what he did in 2015. In 2015. Before, he only played nine games. 49ers, he only Mark played nine games. Squad. He only played nine games in 2015. That's what I really want to get into. Was Cap elite at the time that all of this stuff started happening? Cat was Lamar before. No, Lamar he, he wasn't. Him. He wasn't elite. He wasn't really elite the season before the seed. 2016, he really wasn't elite, and the year before that, he only played nine games. So that's two exactly. seasons of kind of like no production. He only had 196 completions. Two seasons of mediocrity. So I mean, you really it's really not unless you're really going back. And saying, oh, I remember when he ran for 181 yards against the Packers in the playoff game. And I remember when he was in the Super Bowl in the Harbaugh Bowl. But, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't know. You're really taking a chance with Cap. I'll go for Antonio Brown to me. I don't think you're taking a chance. He's the, he's the, Antonio Brown is the better player out of all three of them. That's right. number one. Let's that's cut, for, that's that's, shit, that's, that's for sure. Well, no, no, hold on, no, 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 with no weed and no addiction problem, allegedly. Well, he did say he have a, a he had an addiction problem. So mm-hmm. in the documentary, so mm-hmm. Josh Gordon with no addiction problem might have been the greatest receiver to ever play the game. Close quote. Close quote. You're crazy. Uh, <laughs> You're crazy. Okay. Judging off the first okay. year, you feel like okay. you can't really say. Okay. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, listen to me. Josh Gordon, his frame, his so speed. So hold on, hold on. So let's talk about who who's best receiver of all time right now. Since we're since we're on a discussion. Well, go, well, I, mean, we can, we can, I want to hear his justification before we start naming we people because everybody's okay, gonna have cool. a, a different top one. So I want to hear his explanation about Josh uh, Gordon. So this is an but interesting show. Okay. I looked at Josh when I looked at Josh Gordon, and I seen his frame, I seen how he ran routes, I seen his speed, I seen, <laughs> and he was playing for the Browns. Sure, let's never was, let's not overlook that. And and who was really. Looking at the Browns, he was he was bringing spotlight to the Browns. So, and sixteen hundred yards in fourteen games. He was running streaks, bro. You talking about he was running streaks? He was making plays. He was running streaks. He was making plays. He was running routes. Yeah, what, what 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 do it matter? What do and Randy Moss was running yeah. streaks. Fact. You kidding me? Let's talk about it. Randy Moss was running streaks, and ran, and people consider Moss one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game. We talking about uh, no, we'll consider he, he is top one hundred. He goat top one. Of course, he's top one hundred. Top one, top one. No, no. Terrell Owens is top better one. than Randy Moss. No, top Jay Rice is better than both of them. He is, but no. I'm taking Terrell Owens. Terrell Jay Owens Rice. is better than Randy Moss. No. So you telling me that Flash Gordon would have been better than Jay Rice? You're telling me Josh Gordon. Yeah, Josh no, Gordon. No, the, uh, yes, Josh Gordon had that villain. Yes, he did. No, listen, he Bro, doesn't have the longevity. He doesn't have the longevity. I'm saying what we were seeing out of Josh Gordon was something crazy, bro. Was something crazy. And I really That's was getting I was getting them kind of vibes from him. Like we could we look at Odell Beckham Jr., we look at Antonio Brown, we look at these receivers. That's freak Julio Jones. They freaks in nature. Like these, these, these receivers are crazy. And Josh Gordon is short lived. He is short lived. Sure. You know, it's, it's similar to me. Like I feel like Sean Taylor would have been the greatest safety to ever play. Oh, 
And that's true. Sean Taylor would have been the greatest safety to ever play football. If you know, rest in peace. If he wouldn't have passed, rest in peace. You know, peace and blessings to his family. You know, and I'm just giving it to you straight up. That that would have been that would have been that would have been a tough one. He was od. Yeah, but every was too. Yeah, every was, but every got the longevity. Every oh, has the longevity. Does have longevity. He was taking that thing to the crib. Yeah, and he was to taking it from Sean Taylor was taking things to the crib too. You yeah. know, but not as much as Sean. I mean, not as much not as Every though. But that's, can't forget about my man TP forty three. Listen, I'm talking about Sean Taylor. TP had his own type of style though. Yeah, and he had his own type of style. We my, talking ball hawks. My man would be hitters. on the line of scrimmage and get back to the goal line from like for the, sure. To 25. <laughs> My man was covering the whole field. But I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm biased in that opinion. <laughs> You're a Steelers fan. Yeah, yes, uh, I don't know, I don't, y'all still y'all still in the hunt, right? I don't know. Yeah, we got to win two games, but I don't think we're gonna beat the Ravens, so that's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that y'all got them last week of the season, or you might catch them slipping sick. Sitting there. No, everybody, the Ravens need the Ravens need home field advantage. They're not trying to slip through nothing. They want the playoffs to go through Baltimore. If they lock up number one, they could lock up number one after this week, depending on how it play out. But the Patriots would have to lose for them to lock up number one. They got the tiebreaker over the Patriots, so they really Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah, they had the tiebreaker over the Patriots. But they gotta win out too, just like the Patriots do. Man, everybody got to win. This winning football, this playoff football right now. I love football, yo. One and done, yo. One and done. So, uh, you're a head coach. Uh, who do you think is the best head coach in the NBA right now? Besides mm. Greg Popovich. You know, everybody like Pop. I like Pop. Besides we switching Greg, leagues. We switching leagues. We switching right. leagues. I just, I, just, I just want to hear you. You coach basketball, so I just want to hear your basketball now. All right, all right. So... You said not pop? Nah, I don't want to hear Greg Popovich. Mm. <laughs> That's tough because I. Hmm. That's a tough. Hmm. Come on, Kenny. Come on, Kenny. You ain't come here to give me that. You ain't come yeah. to give me that. Yeah. I, 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 Let I, the people know who okay. you think the best coach in the NBA is. I I'm gonna have to go with Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. I'm gonna have to go with Brad Stevens, Celtics head coach. Celtics head coach. Here's why. I'm listening. All right. So here you are with a primetime talent and Kyrie Irving. You take your style of offense and change it. Because Brad Stevens was never an ISO offense kind of coach. So you change it to conform to your best athlete, similar to what the Ravens did, but they came out successful in the end. But they conform, he conformed his whole offense to one athlete. That turned out unsuccessful. The very moment that he got rid of that, for lack of a better word, poisonous player, he brings in Kimball Walker with a similar style, just less ISO and more pass. And now he's turned his team completely around from what everybody expected to be without Kyrie Irving. I see what you're saying, but I don't. Number one, those those front office moves weren't made by Brad Stevens. No, no, no. But we're not talking about front but, office moves. No, we're talking about how he conformed his offense. Because when Kyrie was there, it's got to be Kyrie. He didn't hand, he didn't handle Kyrie well at all. He let Kyrie dictate the entire Celtics team. That's what team I'm saying. Of, That's exactly what I said. I said he conformed his entire offense to Kyrie's game. So Kyrie yeah. was dribble, 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 dribble. If I get open, I'm gonna shoot that bitch. If not, James, I'm gonna Harden find style. somebody else open. And Jalen Brown don't yeah. rock like that. Jason Tatum don't rock like that. They rhythm Marcus Smart. They don't rock like that. They rhythm players. But you said he was the best coach in the league. I said that. He he is because my argument is that my argument is that immediately after losing what 
everybody considers the best talent he had, right? Who do you expect to pick up Kyrie slack when Kyrie Irving leaves? Nah, they they got a squad. They wasn't going to fall off that bad with whoever they picked up. Even if Scary Terry stayed, they still got Gordon Hayward, uh, Jay Tatum, and Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. They got a cool core. They gonna get busy regardless. They all yeah, dubs. but you you still gotta know what to, you still gotta put these players in a position to do what they're best at. It's not just having True. the people on the team. It's like you said, Alvin Gentry is slipping over there at the Pelicans. So yeah. he got all of this talent in place, but it's not where it needs to be to be successful. And that's what makes you a, a better coach than the next guy. Is not just having talent or being a talent manager but more so understanding what talents you have and where they can be effective on the floor. You can't tell me that you ever look at the Celtics and be like, why is he in the game? Because it's always something that you can immediately (laughs) tell. If Mark is smart on the floor, oh, they need some defense. So it's it's automatic. You can see it. His coaching philosophy is visual. He coaches so well that it's visual that you already know what he is trying to do, even as a spectator. But as an opposing coach, man, it's, it's, it's tough to defend. I got one for you. Good. And it's going to throw both of y'all off. Rick Carlisle. I was going to say Rick Carlisle. I was going to throw him out Rick day. Carlisle is the best coach in the besides, NBA. Uh, besides Greg Popovich. You biased. But besides you Pop, biased. Besides Pop. No, I'm not. Listen. <laughs> Listen to the listen to the scheme. Listen to the resume. Rick Carlisle won a championship with Dirk as his leading scorer. Jason Terry as second leading scorer. Jason, a thirty-eight year old Jason Kidd as third leading scorer. Versus LeBron James, How long Wade, Chris Bosh. Right. Forever now, fast forward, fast forward to this year. Last year, we get Luca in the draft, goes for rookie of the year. This year, we bring in Porzingis with Luca and Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Finney Smith, Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry. But those are the same front office moves you told me that Brad Stevens didn't make. Rick Carlisle didn't make that move though. Okay, I mean, you you would know better than Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens just doesn't have Brad Stevens. Stevens is not the GM. And you basically saying Brad Stevens don't got no ring. He doesn't have more than Rick Carlisle. (laughs) And and the the Mavs this year we fourth in the we fourth in the West. I am a Mavs fan. But we we fourth in the West. So where did the Celtics sit in the East? Because don't be disrespectful. And we have a win over the Lakers <laughs> in LA. And we have a win over we just snapped the eighteen game win streak with the best team in the league. Giannis without Luca. How? That means he was that we were being led by with Porzingis. Like the way he the way he gets everybody involved that four out one in, how they run that pick and roll up there, you can't really guard that. And he definitely not mismanaging his lineup ever. He got a firm rotation, and he gets everybody involved. Seth Curry is getting 25 a game playing alongside Luka and Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. That's tough. He got players balling. I think that's a good one. I like Rick Carlisle. I like Rick Carlisle. Uh, I think Rick Carlisle coaching college. Did he coach college ball? Um, I'm not sure. He coached at a. Uh, he definitely coached another team in the league before he was at the Mavs. We got him on a steal. I can't remember who from who though. I like Eric Spoelstra, the video boy. I like I like I like Spo. Now y'all now listen, y'all can uh-huh. listen. Spo, he lost Brian, he lost Wade. He lost Bosch. He lost three superstars off his team. 
and he's starting from scratch. He grabbing players, you know, Goran Dragic, you know, building through the draft, get finally get a superstar. And Jimmy Butler had a lack of days ago, big man, and I signed Whiteside. I had to get rid of him. Now he got a bunch of ballers. The Heat never seemed like it was tanking, ever, even with losing those players. They always, even though the East is trash, you know what well, the East was trash, you know. In a, but that, I like Spo. I like the way he coached. Still, still bring energy to his team, and and he know how to adapt. If a team like want to play fast pace, he can let his team play fast pace. He can set the half court offense up. I mean, I like Spo. I'm gonna take Spo. I mean, I, I I can't I can't I can't go with talent, man. It's just the only reason we even know about our exposure is because LeBron played there. Had LeBron or D Wade never been in Miami, we would never know about our exposure, and we can say we cannot say the same about the Greg Popovich of the league. No matter where he was, we would know about him without a LeBron. David Blatt ain't making what I'm gonna say. What I'm gonna say is all I'm gonna say is I like Doc Rivers over over Spoke. I definitely like Doc. I like Doc over Spoke. I like Doc over Spoke. I like Doc over Spoke all day. But Doc be getting a lot of talent too. Doc be having a lot of talent. Doc took the the Clippers to the playoffs last year with Pat Bev, Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, Zubat. Um, Montrez Harold is a championship piece. Luke Richard in by Mute. by Boote. In by Booty. Um like that is Wesley Matt uh not Matt not West Matthews. West Johnson. Come on, bro. Yeah. That's not a playoff. That's not a playoff team on Absolutely. Paper. I mean, certainly as uh, African American and an African American basketball coach, Doc Rivers is one of the guys that I personally coach a philosophy. But you know what gets Doc Rivers by is his player relation. He has a good relationship with all of the guys on his team, and he make it a he he make it a point to have that relationship with the guys so that he can have that candid conversation that need to be had when it's time to be had. That's why Doc, you see Doc go so hard for his team. He's still getting tossed out, even without a voice. <laughs> yeah, I like Doc Rivers. So before we wrap it up, I want to know, do y'all have any bold predictions? Y'all want to drop any gems? Mm. I got a Super Bowl bold prediction for you. And what's, let me hear your Super Bowl bowl prediction. We're going Cowboys from the NFC. And we going. Kenny, come with you. And we going Kenny. Chiefs from the AFC. Yo, Cowboys, Kenny. Chiefs. Yo, chill. Chiefs and Indians. Yo, we having an old Thanksgiving bowl, I'm telling you. That's my bold prediction. All right, Mooney, what's your bold prediction? Uh, what's your what's your bold prediction? My bold prediction, man. I'm going Clips Celtics in the Clippers Celtics. Clippers and Celtics. I don't really know how bold that is, but I go with it. No, you want something? Well, no, I mean I because that's basically saying Bowl that Brian going miss the that Brian not going to the chip. And that's what y'all say. Yeah, I'm going Giannis against Brian going. AD. That's a bold. And that's saying that Giannis not and going. And I'm going against Giannis in the okay, East. Okay, I guess that's And they're going against the Sixers, too, because I like the Sixers to come out the East. And I'm going against I'm going like the Sixers to come out the East, too. <laughs> that's bold. The process. You are right. That is bold. That is. <laughs> All I'm saying. All I'm saying is you heard it hit first. Well, what was that Super Bowl one that was getting ready to come out? A Super Bowl prediction. I'm going Ravens. Eagles. Oh yeah, that's no, bold. That, <laughs> what? No, that's just that's no, that's, that's not. <clears throat> that's I'm worse. going Ravens Eagles on the eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> on the eight and eight, we slipping in. We got a first round 
uh first round home game at the link, <laughs> and we live, baby. Okay, you heard it here first. Definitely. Thank you, hard. What you got? <laughs> My bold prediction. Oh man. Um I'm gonna give you a Super Bowl prediction. I'm gonna give you a Super Bowl prediction. I I honestly think that if you know you're about to say Super Bowl. If 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 no, if Green Bay can get it together, if Green Bay can get it together and and at least at least give Aaron Rodgers more stops and give him an opportunity to score points in the playoffs, you, you're liable to see Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Against who? And I'm going with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Listen, that, Lamar Jackson, he has he has that team trusting and believing um, in him. And when you right, have it's time yep. for me to go. Yep. This is my point That's where I lead the podcast. And, and listen, about the when, when, the, when, when, the, when, the, when the playoffs have to go through Baltimore and you have that crowd, and it's not and, – and this is and, – and I can break that game down for you. When you're looking at Lamar Jackson, yeah, you know that he throws the tight ends. Yeah, you know that he's running the read option. Yes, you know he has speed. But the problem is you don't know what you're getting and how you're getting when? it and what time you're getting. And the offensive coordinator is not putting him in, in horrible situations where he's liable to get hurt. He's definitely have the ability to slide. And he uses his speed to dodge his tackles as well. So I, and, and the Patriots don't have enough talent to beat that Baltimore Ravens team. Don't have enough talent to Bill Belichick, that's the only thing. That's his only kryptonite if he doesn't have enough talent. Man. The man is unstoppable. So, I like I like the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to say Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens that go to the Super Bowl. Um, For basketball, I like – Bold predictions. I, yeah, that's definitely a bold prediction. Y'all a little more bolder than mine. I thought mine was pretty bold, but y'all, y'all some yeah, bold Negroes. Because the Packers – the Eagles beat the Packers this year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is the Cowboys beat both of us. I ain't about to worry about the Cowboys. We're about to beat them this week. We got them on Sunday. We're going to see what's up. <laughs> yeah. well, well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to <laughs> thank y'all for your time. I want to thank you for your airs, Kenny and Mooney. You know, I'm going to talk to y'all probably later on in the week anyway. I want to thank y'all for coming on the show, man. <laughs> no problem, bro. Anytime, anytime. Go Sabres, you heard? <laughs> you know all right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a good one. Peace and love. Night. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Who's Clutch Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Michael Urquhart. And you know I like to dive knee deep in the sports world. You know how we do over here. I want to talk about Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles in this huge game that's happening at 430 today. Carson Wentz, this is the biggest game of his career. And the reason I say that is not for, you know, his lack of production lately, not because, you know, everybody has been so critical of his play. To me, Philadelphia is very loyal. Philadelphia, they will boo you and they will cheer you. The fans are very brutal here at Philadelphia. So when you look at Carson Wentz, a guy who has a has a history of injury and has seemed to overcome injury. He's played every game this year. He's played every game this year. So the fear of Carson Wentz getting injured after the Eagles traded Nick Foles kind of seemed, you know, he, he ended that conversation. But his production has been talked about and has been criticized. In 2015, Carson Wentz suffered a broken, he, he suffered a broken bone in his wrist, in his throwing wrist in 2015. Now, I don't know if anybody knew that, but the Eagles, you know, they still drafted him. In 2016, he suffered a rib injury in the preseason, missed all the preseason, but he did play all 16 games in 2016. 2017 was his breakout year. 
his his MVP year. I think he still should have won MVP after playing the 13 games, but they didn't give it to him. 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and he had 300 yards on the ground. Carson Wentz, <laughs> he was playing like the best quarterback in the National Football League in, two, in 2017. Gets hurt, Nick Foles takes over, and the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to say that the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl without the play of Carson Wentz for them 13 games, but yet and still... The Philadelphia Eagles fans long awaited for a Super Bowl and Nick Foles brought it to him. So for Carson Wentz to sit there and watch Nick Foles take over, watch his offensive line block better for Nick Foles. Dare I say watch that team surround Nick Foles and play with more energy, play with more spunk. That's what I seen when I seen the Eagles play with Nick Foles under the helm versus Carson Wentz. Because it looked like Carson Wentz has to be a running back in the backfield before he can even throw the football. I'm not sure what it is about teams who think that, you know, offensive line production doesn't have to be looked at when you have a mobile quarterback. Especially with the frame of Carson Wentz, you may think, all right, he a big body, he can get out of there. But you don't want him doing that every time want a nice clean pocket for him and if he has to do that then he can do that and he has proven that he can get up out of dodge and still look downfield and throw bombs i can bring up the eagles dropping passes all day i could talk about the eagles dropping passes all day but i'm i'm solely looking at carson wentz i've seen him miss a lot of throws as well i've seen nelson aguilar drop touchdown passes i've seen carson wentz Put it right in the bread basket. He is still a good quarterback. But he has to prove it. In 2018, when he came back after he suffered his ACL and his LCL injury, grade three. After he suffered his injury in 2017, came back in 2018, missed the first two games. Came back and then got injured in December. And suffered back spasms. Missed the rest of the season. Foles took over. They go to the playoffs. Beat the Bears. Beat the Bears in the playoffs. And then lose to the Saints. So Foles. It, it was it was talks that the Eagles wanted to trade Foles. I mean trade Carson Wentz and keep Foles. So Carson Wentz. This is, this is huge. Because the Eagles got rid of the quarterback that brought them the Super Bowl. He went on to Jacksonville. And I didn't think that he was going to survive in Jacksonville. I didn't think that Nick Foles was really a starting quarterback. I mean, he was great for the situation that he had. The Eagles had a great defense. And they had a great offensive line that protected for him. And they could run block. The, the situation was set up perfectly. It really, it really wasn't any pressure. Once... Pressure was applied. I mean, he did suffer. He did suffer an injury in Jacksonville. But I didn't think Nick Foles was able to handle that kind of pressure. He was playing with house money once Carson Wentz went down in 2017. And dare I say, Doug Peterson was calling better plays for Nick Foles than he was for Carson Wentz. But we're not going to get in that discussion. The Eagles and the Cowboys have a game tonight. And Carson Wentz needs to win this game to to win the souls and the hearts of Philly fans to let Philly know that he is here to to try to win them a championship to to make Philadelphia believe in Carson Wentz again he has to win this game now also winning this game he can single-handedly demoralize the Dallas Cowboys Dak Prescott not going to get $40 million if the Eagles win this game. Jason Garrett will no longer have a job if the Eagles win this game. So Carson Wentz, there is a lot of pressure on both sides. The Cowboys are playing for a lot and the Eagles are playing for a lot. It's playoff football. Now, in my opinion... 
The Eagles defense is horrible. So I do believe that Dallas Cowboys will win this game. But the Eagles can win this game if they don't put eight in the box the entire game. You're going to have to switch it up. Your secondary is not strong enough in order to hold on man-to-man -man with the Dallas Cowboys receivers. Now, you can bank on that shoulder really being injured and him not he's not going to be able to produce or perform the way he's, you know, he's done in the past. But if you bank on that and it's the and you're wrong and you lose this game because you want to put eight in the box because you want to sell out on the run to stop Ezekiel Elliott because you think that that's all they're going to come into this game and do? No. So if the Eagles do that, I I believe that the Dallas Cowboys will win this game. The Eagles going to have to play good football. No turning the ball over. No sloppy football. No mistakes. No penalties. The Eagles, they have, they've been getting killed with penalties. No penalties. I expect this game to be hard fought. I expect this game to be, it's going to be one in the trenches. But if that Eagles, if the Eagles, if Jim Schwartz put eight in the box and leave them corners on islands, Ronald Darby, he is horrible. And I, I liked his play back when he was in Buffalo. Ronald Darby, is he shows signs, but at, up to this point, he is stealing. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your ears. I leave you with this question. Do you believe that this is the biggest game of Carson Wentz career? And my second question to you guys is, if he loses this game, should the Eagles be looking to draft a quarterback? Should the Eagles be looking to draft a quarterback? If Carson Wentz loses this game, should they be looking to shop Carson Wentz for a couple, you know, draft picks and then look through the draft? Or should you think they, you know, should keep the faith, remain loyal to Carson Wentz? Or do you think they should call Jacksonville up and ask for foes back? <laughs> I want to thank you for your time. Peace and love.